Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to the English chapter of Masks of Nyarlathotep. Uh, I have assembled my investigators for the evening, and so we will begin with introductions. But first, I would like to thank all of our patron backers who make this episode possible. You people are wonderful, and by I by you people, I mean even you. Yes, you. You're wonderful. Uh, so introductions to my right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I'm playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, and it was a quiet and peaceful night with nothing happening. Now, nothing happening at all. Uh, to his right. This is Morgan. I played Lillian Lane, and I somehow twisted my ankle. Not sure why or how. I can't <laughs> imagine how. Uh, to Lillian's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, who does genuinely does not know what is going on, but somehow feels he'd be involved with that angle. Yeah, um, yeah, you're pretty well sharp focused on something specific, but with uh, with some people coming back into the hotel, uh, perhaps your your ears have perked up. We'll we'll see in a moment. Uh, to uh, to the doctor's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I'm just doing some light reading. Yeah, yeah, just trying to learn French as fast as you can. That's fine. I'm sure it's possible. All things through um, through study, right? Through someone. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and last but most certainly not least. This is Alex. I'll be playing Simon Granger, and uh, I, I, I do not have a plan. Well, I mean, you have at least a part of a plan. A part of a plan, yes. Right, part of a plan. Okay, so uh, as we raise the curtain on tonight's episode, we will zero ourselves in to London, to a hotel the Waldorf, as our investigators are uh, just trying to piece together all the happenings of that evening. Miss Lane is sitting on one of the plush couches with her foot up. Jack has gone and gotten ice for it. And he's kind of cobbled some an ice pack of sorts together. He hands it to you and tells uh, you, Miss Lane, that... Uh, He's going to go look into this photograph of this house. He thinks that there's something more to it. I take the ice pack and I kind of gingerly lay it across my ankle and just take a deep breath and wince in pain. I know that's going to be black and blue sooner rather than later. Yeah. Now the hotel room door uh, snaps closed as Jack leaves in a bit of a hustle and it's that noise doctor that uh, snaps you out of your um, investigative reverie look around a little bit stretch probably been a little while since the doctor's had anything to eat or drink so yeah I guess he'll meander out into the common area and uh, 
look for a snack while he's contemplating his most recent research. You spy Miss Lane on a couch with her foot elevated, and there's a ice pack on it. Hmm. Go over to her, crouch down next to the foot. Guten tag, Miss Lane. What seems to be the problem here? Um, well, um, <clears throat> Jack and I had quite the adventure this evening, and I seem to uh, hurt my ankle running from a building on fire. Hmm, a building on fire, you say? Uh, it wasn't me. It was, you know, it, it wasn't me. <laughs> I did not ask if it was. It, uh, <laughs> it was interesting for you to assume that I was going to think that. Let me take a look at it. This may be slightly painful, okay? Okay, thank you. Uh, 79 under 82 for a medicine roll. It's maybe a bit sprained. She should probably stay off it for, you know, a day or so. Keep it iced. Then maybe check on it. But you don't feel any ligament damage. Uh, you don't feel um, any bone on bone. She'd be in a lot more visible pain if it was something like that. Well, Miss Lane, I have... Uh, my diagnosis is that we should take this leg off at the knee. Right here. Right right below the kneecap. I, I look at him. He smiles. Um... No, no. It will be <laughs> fine. It is a simple twist. You should be okay. Do what you're doing right now. Just relax. Put some ice on it. Try to stay off of it as much as possible. Don't light anything else on fire. And if you need anything, I will be right over here. And I can get you anything you would like. So no dancing tonight or tomorrow night, I'm guessing? I didn't say that. Oh. You know, I, I really wouldn't mind a glass of water. To, you know, Jack was in a hurry when he ran out of here. Would would you mind getting me a glass of water? That would be please? fine, Fraulein. Just water, then? Uh, yes, with some ice, if possible. Please. Yeah. I'd bring her a water and pour myself a scotch. <laughs> hey, that works. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah? Doctor, giving her the water, you're um, reminded of the other patient that you probably should check in on. One, perhaps, that's a slightly a bit more of a medical case. Well, you stay here and relax. Make sure that your foot is well. And if you need anything, just holler. I have to do my rounds. Okay, thank you. Of course. Gets up, grab Kane, and walk over to Maeve's room. Yes. Are you well, Fräulein? Yeah, I'm just learning French. Oh, that is all. May I come in? Sure. Enter, close the door. I'm here to do an examination. Oh, it's it's fine. It doesn't even bother me anymore. Oh, wunderbar, then there's no reason for me not to examine it, is there? I guess, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. Sit down, Liebchen. I gently guide her over, gently but firmly guide her over to the a chair. Sit down, Liebchen. I'm going to look at them. You know what's going to happen. Hmm? Okay. And I take a look at the area before. Okay. Predominantly, it has stayed uh, about the same color. Markings are maybe a bit faded at this point, but you don't notice any other skin irritations. It, it almost as seems as if the irritated edges around them have cooled a bit. The, the skin is not as taut in those areas either. I see. I poke them a little. Does this hurt? 
Mm, no. Wunderbar. No, actually, the, the areas have almost hardened a bit. Hmm. Grab a magnifying glass from my bag and draw a lantern close. I want to see, or a candle, I want to see up close. I want to really look at these. Look at the tissue. You draw a candle, uh, which is probably the, the closest source of uh, illumination you're going to get in this room that isn't, uh, there's not a lot of floor lamps here. Although I suppose if you brought over one of the desk lamps, you could you could make do. Uh, but there is a candle I just nearby. tip it over and light the curtains on fire. It'll be plenty of light. Um, no. I... Hey, you know what? It would <laughs> it would be in, um, speaking of curtains on fire, it would be on brand for <laughs> this group. Fantastic. I'm, I'm glad to hear that nothing, nothing bad transpired while I was gone. Uh... <laughs> no, nothing at all. So, um, <laughs> does it look more like, like chitinous material? A bit, yeah. Miss O'Shea, when he draws that candle close to it, you feel your back warm up a bit, but it's more like laying a, on like an electric blanket on your back feeling. It feels really good. And do you have any other spots that have that happened since the last time that we have examined these? I don't think so. All right. Well, they are not spreading for now. And they do not seem to be causing you discomfort for the moment. So I, we will continue to monitor them, monitor them as, I'm not sure what they are, but we will figure it out, Liebchen. We'll help her rearrange her shirt and everything. Now, you are learning French, you said? Yeah. So that I can read the book that Lillian gave me, and so that I can read Elias's notes in the other book. And then I'll be learning Arabic. Hmm. So. so you don't at all have your work cut out for you or anything. Should be fine. Should be easy. Well, yeah. I mean, I've already got it so I can uh, start writing sentences and I can start uh, translating a little bit. Wunderbar. Well, if you need any help, just let me know. I will be out in the common area. Okay. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Head back out into the common area, grab some of my research material from my room and bring it out to one of the tables. You go into your room, grab some of the research materials. You look to your left and you see it's it's likely that Lawrence's bandages probably need to be changed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not done with my rounds. Yeah. Actually, Lawrence is probably sitting there writing a postcard. Sure. Doesn't mean your right. bandages probably don't need to be changed. But Look, look, I'm fine. I swear. I... He, the doc is still checking his bandages, whether or not he's, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, flap, flap, yeah, well. You know, actually, doctor, when you check his bandages, he's recovering remarkably fast. Wunderbar, hmm. these are looking quite well. Very good, very good. I like that. Well, continue on with what you're doing. Should you have any pain or discomfort or anything, you let me know, hmm? I'll, I'll let you know at the bartender, Doc. <laughs> I see. Then he sits down to begin tucking into a little more of his own research, mostly recording what he has figured out about the black goo into his journal. It's a strange fluid, for sure. It definitely has a viscosity that you're not familiar with offhand. The base of it almost feels like a, a tar substance, but it moves far freer than tar. So it's more liquidy than tar, but has a similar, like a similar consistency. Yeah, it, it definitely, um, if you 
put just a, a dime's worth on between your fingers, it's a fluid that would, or I should say, it's it's a fluid that would move back and forth around your thumb and forefinger and probably stay solid enough to be balled up. Okay. But there would be like a residue, a moisture residue left over. Okay. Okay. I got you. Hmm. Well, I don't touch it with my bare hands, that's for sure. <laughs> that just seems like a terrible idea. Are you sure? I mean, come on. I do what any rational scientist would do, and I slip some into Lawrence's coffee when he's not looking. Right. And Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Continue to extol the virtues of this black fluid, as it were, in my quickly, quickly filling journal of oddities. Indeed. Indeed you do. So, Simone, let's discuss your return trip sure. to London. So, let's see, having hopped back on the train, my plan is to make my way to the Limehouse docks for some observation. I need to locate the ship captain, Tarvik? Torvald. Torvald, yep. and um, get a, get a feel for what they're. Well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're on the ship or whether they, you know, spend any time off. Have I seen them exit? I feel like I've seen them exit. Him personally? Yeah. You've like seen him come ship. on to um, the dock area mm-hmm. to like supervise shipments back and forth when they were loading and unloading. Mm-hmm. You haven't actually seen him leave the dock proper. Okay. Then yeah, I'm gonna see if I can get eyes on him for a time. So I'll, I'll watch the ship from some distance, uh, try to get a feel for, at, at this point, do I have a better understanding as to how big that crew actually is? Like how yeah. many people it is? If it's just the crew of the ship, you think it's six men. Sure. Okay. Captain, have, have I figured out who, is there like a first mate that I can identify or someone who's clearly in charge of the, the, the goings on? Or is it just him? It's just, he's more of a presence. Sure, okay. That kind of just runs everything by edict. Makes sense. See, so yeah, I'll try to get eyes on him. I don't know what time of day it is. I imagine it's pretty late. It is pretty late at this point, yes. If I'm outside for more than know, 45 minutes and I don't see him, I'm going to assume that he is probably on board. And I will begin considering ways to, to, to make my way aboard the ship again without being spotted by the crew. Well, you know, one way worked before. Yes. That was a, a sea route. It's very cold, though. It and is. I'm, and I can't really afford to... I can't afford to be wet right now. <laughs> no. And you're not really sure, honestly, that you want to test the temperature of the Thames again. No. However, if there's only six, knowing who's watching the docks, knowing who's watching the, who's who's on the deck at any given time, and whether they're all actually just on the ship or on the dock or what have you. So at this point, I'm pretty familiar with how to get below deck. The lat- well, to like the galley area anyway. It's like the- as far as I've been in the hold. I don't know how much bigger the ship is. So I'll begin considering ways to get on board. If it looks like they keep it pretty tight, then I'm going to change and approach things a bit differently. But that's, I guess plan A is try to figure out whether or not there is a I don't know, a side approach I could take 
that wouldn't necessarily I mean I, I don't know how big their what was it, their loading plank or whatever they're connected mm-hmm. to the dock is or how, how many there are well there's a single gangplank at this point sure uh, that runs from the ship to the dock at this point mm-hmm. uh, it's still up it's still up and open um, so you're not uh, you've watched the ship a couple of times now um, it doesn't seem to go in and out it doesn't seem to be raised or lowered uh, since you it's always been in that position mm-hmm. so it's likely that they don't remove it at night mostly because they're probably fairly secure in the fact that they're not going to be crept on sure so your other option that you can just generally see is that if you tuck yourself between the far end of the port building and you walk down maybe like a couple of buildings and approach from the south you'd probably have the ability to for all intents and purposes sneak onto that edge of the port and then try your luck at just sneaking aboard the ship sure okay so there's a so there's another route along the like the way that these things are docked yeah i mean there are the, it's the limehouse docks are, they're they're road docks right so they're sure. all one after another after another and if, if you go down a little bit the physical land side of the ports, they're accessible. You could walk between them if you wanted to. Sure, that makes sense. Um, then yeah, I will try to take the uh, the low road. That sounds totally reasonable. Okay. So I would imagine you're going to be stealthy. Yes. So that would be a stealth roll. That is a failure. Ninety-seven out of seventy-five. Um, 90, I would 94 like ninety-four out of seventy-four. Sorry. Ninety-seven um, would be a critical failure. That would be awful. Um, would I be. would like to push this roll. Okay. How so? So, this is uh, this is a bit impetuous for me. I don't know that I necessarily. I was. I became very excited. Okay. Um, about the prospect having a way on board that didn't necessarily involve swimming. So, I would like to, instead of I guess sneaking aboard the ramp, I will take a more um, acrobatic approach by climbing up the rigging. <laughs> I love it. All right. So go for it. With a 71 out of 75. All right. You decide at the last minute that the main plank is going to be too loud. This way of the ship, the inability for you to, to time up the swell here. So you leap for one of the lines and you grab hold and you begin climbing your way up these thick hemp lines. And so now I'm going to want you to make me a climb roll. With a hard success, 24 out of 49. So the nice part about this is within, say, a few shoulder-burning moments, you get to a point where you can get a hold of another set of lines, and you can kind of adjust your weight accordingly. And now you're sitting on top of one of the sail arms of this vessel, and you can actually see... I have a great view down onto the deck. Yeah, so this is a great idea. <laughs> I'm glad I screwed up. So from here, can I see whether or not the deck entrance is open? Uh, the hold is shut. Okay. I guess I will just try to get there from my position unless I mean, yeah, if I'm if I'm if I'm above the deck at this point, I'll use my elevation as far as I can. So if I need to walk the sail arm as far as I can or if I need to navigate across the uh any other lines? Just try okay. to stay out of view. Uh, but I'll try to make my way back to the the entrance that goes below deck. 
Yeah, it's not too difficult to walk that area, but you do spot a crewman come out from that main section of the hold area, the place where you ventured before into the ship. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's roving. Okay. You remember the patrols from before. Sure. He's he's definitely on the look. All I can really do is try to time it. Well, what I'd like you to do is give me a spot roll. With an extreme success, 5 out of 55. That man is armed. It's not surprising. How well armed? Like, with a gun? He has a rifle, yeah. Okay. That's not surprising. Um, Well, I'm not looking to engage him um, or or draw his attention. I wouldn't imagine so. But I need to figure out where the captain is. I can either ask this this crewman with his rifle, (laughs) or I can try to move past him. Um, so I will, uh, I mean, he's just standing in this, in this, is he below deck or above deck? No, he's above deck. Okay. And he is beginning to walk basically the back and forth up and down the deck with this rifle. Mm-hmm. How much time do I have from, you know, him, him facing far enough away from me that I would feel comfortable dropping onto the deck and making my way to that entrance? Like how much time do I actually have? Uh, you figure maybe a minute. That's not as bad as I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for it. All right. I wait until he's moving away, and I will slide as delicately as I could uh, onto the deck. Uh, and I will get low and hustle. That is definitely a stealth roll. Yeah. With the hard success, 21 out of 75. You slip down, and the down part is is relatively easy. The stuff that gets your pulse up is making the move from that point to the hold, to that first doorway. How much open ground is there? It's like 30 feet. (laughs) Let's do it. All right, you roll, and you hustle in, slip past a door you've at least been through before. You enter a a very familiar hallway. You know where it leads down to the hole. You see the light is on in the galley. And you hear multiple voices from that galley. Well, I'll definitely head further down. Is there, are there any other entrances off the hallway other than the galley? I think we established that there wasn't, right? But there's just... Yeah, it's To the hole, there's just the galley. Where are the quarters? Well, um, so if you... As you enter here, when you pass the galley, mm-hmm. you know... You, you, would, you would have noticed not only the previously drunk captain... I'll, Quite possibly currently drunk captain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you noticed that the you noticed that the galley went all the way through. So there is a hallway on the other side of this. Oh, okay. That is probably where. So on the other side of where they are is probably yes. where they sleep. Okay, I won't be going over there anytime soon. I think I will. I will get a little closer to the galley. I'll, I'll cover some of the distance between here and there and listen in. Okay. Try to get a get a sense of what they're doing. If they're just. Are they, are they cajoling? Are they dancing around? Are they do they seem to be sitting? Are they do they are they playing cards like dice? Um, are they it's, are they jovial? It definitely seems like a pretty upbeat mood for the most part. From from the gentleman there, you, you also hear things being shifted around on the table. That could be drinks. That could be food. It could be uh, cards. Mm-hmm. You'd really have to take a look, okay, to know for sure. And I will do so. I will I will eyeball over the edge of the doorway and see if I can see what's going on. 
I will hold your uh, hard success stealth roll for a moment, and you peek. Uh, you see that there are three gentlemen here with Torval. Uh, they are deep into several bottles of something, and he is playing cards with them. These men are of, um, they're definitely Asian, pan Asian descent. Mm-hmm. These are his men. Sure. That he's. He seems to be fleecing for whatever earnings. That he paid them? Yeah. Bully. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. And they seem to be kind of just all engaged in this right now. They are. Make me listen roll. Okay. Are they they speaking English? Are they speaking? Uh, They are. So extreme success. uh, Six out of 63. Torval is speaking his version of English, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tell that Northern European accent that comes out okay uh, so he is not english by any means this you establish but he's speaking the english language they are okay. and so are his crewmen who are speaking it with their accented version of english which isn't necessarily very good mm-hmm. but that's to be expected sure okay and actually for the most part no one at the table speaks english very well but for whatever reason they're speaking it mostly because he likely does not speak Mandarin or Chinese, and and they likely do not speak Norwegian. So they're meeting in the middle. In England. Got it. Right. I'm not too worried about the sentry. So the listen roll is for the footsteps behind you. Okay. I guess how focused are they on the doorway? Because you said it was, it's an open portal, right? It is an open portal. Um, mm-hmm. So just at your last glance, they weren't looking at it much at all. But those footsteps behind you have closed from 15 feet to 5 feet. You need to move. Okay. Uh, Then I will shoot the gap and head toward the hold again. Okay. So that'll be a stealth roll. Hold on to your butts. With a success 70 out of 75. You shoot the gap. And you get down the first flight of stairs when the door to the hold behind you opens. And... You hear a bunch of voices raise up a little bit, and you hear an exchange between the guy that came in after you and the guys in the galley. It's hard to tell specifically, but that's probably because of the pounding of the blood in your ears. Mm-hmm. I will slow my breathing and try to figure out what, they, what they're saying. Um, they're talking about a fire. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the guy that came in is talking about something caught fire in London. I lean in. (laughs) Um, You hear a rather strange story about um, one of the kids that's working the dock mentioned that a apartment caught fire in London this evening. Do they they make any mention of where? They just say Soho. There's a couple places that could be. I mean, it could be anywhere really in Soho, right? It could be. I contemplate whether it's Kinneries, and I think about that whole block going up for probably like a moment. Um, if it was that whole block that went up and by Kinneries place, uh, that's quite a lot of people. Yeah. Huh. They're not, are they talking about bodies? No bodies have been mentioned yet. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I, if I'm, if I'm in a position where I can, like at this point, that sentry would have to come all the way down to the hold, right? That's right. Okay. I feel like I feel a little safe right now. At least safer than I've been in the past minute or so. Wunderbar. I will leave you there for just a moment. 
So back at the hotel, Mr. Forsyth, you're writing a postcard? Yes, I was writing a postcard back home. Mm. Postcards back home are always a nice thing. Especially when you don't want family to show up at your house and find you're not there. <laughs> yeah, you have been gone from your home in Chicago for, for a little while now. I have. It's been a couple of weeks. Would you do a couple of weeks in New York? You did about a week or so on the boat over. You've been in London. All, it's been a month probably since you've been to your... Think of what the mailman will say. <laughs> or your fellow owls who probably miss you. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they'll notice I'm gone some month. Your wounds are feeling a little bit better. You probably need another day or so to, to, to get the full stretch of motion back. But Right. The doctors here in London, both in the hospital and out of it, have, have done you pretty well. I mean, I still feel it, but yeah, there's a hole in my middle, but yeah, no, it's 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 better than I expected. I'm actually kind of grateful because, you know, a couple of days of rest and quiet after all that nonsense sounds like a good idea. It does. It definitely does. The weather outside just as from the window that you have here in this room, which, again, this hotel is, is pretty posh. Um, it looks like there's definitely a fog coming in this evening on London. Well, I, I will probably, now that I've got the postcard written, I will probably head out to uh, have it have it sent in the mail for in the morning. Okay. So I will probably head down to the front desk. The concierge at the front desk at reception are... More than happy to help you. Um, yes, sir. Uh, can I help you with something? Yes, I need. I need to uh, get this in the mail. Oh, in the morning. Of course, the poster. Uh, and uh, where is it off to? There's there's an address written on it, but uh, I'll I'll tell him the United States. And uh... ah, wonderful. He takes the postcard and he drops it in this box specifically for the uh, inter- for what looks like international mail. And then he turns around and says to you. Is there anything else I can get you? No, no. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Are there any messages? Oh. Um, you're with Miss Lane's party, yes? Yes. Hmm. He reaches down into the... Looks like a, a mail sorting box. It's there behind the desk. He has to step a bit to the right to get to it, but he pulls out a, a, a card inside an envelope. You can tell that the envelope's a little thin, so what's underneath of it's pretty pretty easy to expose. Okay. Uh, I believe this came uh, just a bit ago, sir. Addressed to uh, Miss Lane? Oh, I'll, I'll run it up to her then. Uh, Wonderful. Thank you so much. Not a problem. And uh, whistling, I, I take the uh, card and go back to the elevator and uh, head back up to the floor with the room. And I, cl- I glance at the uh, envelope. It's very nice stationary. Um it is a bit thin, but uh, there's a... I mean, it's sealed. Her name, Lillian Lane, is on the front of it. It's in very um, tight script. Okay, so it's probably a private note. Nothing I need to look into, so, yeah. All right. I mean, that's totally up to you. You have the elevator ride to Snoop, but... I don't need, I don't, I don't need to give Miss Lane any reasons to be angry with me. God knows what she could do. Yeah. Fiery woman. Dangerous, probably. Yes. You get back up to the room. I walk into the common area. Is uh, 
she's still sitting there, or is she? She is foot up. Uh, this came for you, Miss Lane. What did you do to your foot? Um, I tripped. But envelope. Um. Doc raises an eyebrow. Great. Thanks for um. Thanks for bringing that to me. I appreciate that. I look at the envelope. Do I recognize the handwriting or anything? You do recognize the handwriting because you've seen it before. And whose handwriting might it be? That's Edward Gavigan's handwriting. I kind of do a, a sharp intake. And my breathing gets a little, uh, holy crap. I just saw him this morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's either bad news or it's very good news then. Um, well, maybe it's a marriage proposal. My father would be so happy. I open up the uh, envelope and take out the uh, the note. Okay, you take out the note. It's a plain white card. And so when you open it up, you open the folded note. And there are two words on the note. And it says, lights out. And all the lights in the hotel go out. <sighs> Doctor? Maybe, maybe everything is pitch black in your room now. Now I'm irritated. Doctor, looks like Gavigan is on to us. Um, do you have a lantern or anything that you can get? Because I'm, I try to get up off the couch. I mean, you're able to move slowly. But obviously, there is some pain associated with. Yeah, your, with your I ankle. go as fast as possible as I can to my room. Um, is Maven there? It's dark, so you fumble around a little bit right. for the door handle. I mean, it is dark, dark, and it's also dark outside. You won't, Doctor. You, you notice that. Doctor, you notice that the streetlights outside are off. And it is nighttime currently? Yep. Okay. Um, what is around me other than my cane currently on the table? Uh, your your cane. <laughs> <laughs> like. My journal. Probably some, okay. like a, a glass of tea that's empty and journal. Fantastic. Well, I stay sitting exactly where I'm at because Miss Lane has left the room and I very calmly pour myself another cup of tea and I watch the doorways. Maybe you light a candle. Yep. Is there any other, like, is there a lantern or anything sitting in our room? There is not a lantern or sitting in room, Or any other candles no. sitting around that I can use to get light? Yeah. I mean, there probably would be uh, a couple of candles just as uh, decoration in a room like this because this... This hotel is fancy, uh, Miss Lane. It has electric lights, so it doesn't need that silly candle stuff right. anymore. I grab one of the decorative candles and I ask, Maeve, um, can I have your matches or whatever it is you have, please? Yeah. I hand her some matches. Thank you. I light the candle and then I hobble over to my bag and grab grab my hatchet. Cause... Mr. Forsyth, what are you doing? Um... Upon the moment that the lights go out and she rushes into the other room, I am going mm -hmm. to go to my room and retrieve my weapon and my electric torch. You get to your room. It takes you again a little bit of fumbling, but you do get there. Mm -hmm. And you get to your torch first. Um, and so, Sigmund, when you're in the common room and when Forsyth turns the torch on, you can see that there's light. Your, your eyes immediately turn to your bedroom where there is now light. At least some light. Hmm. All right. Very calmly and as quietly as I can, get up, walk over to my bedroom, and uh, stand to one side of the doorway and listen for a moment. 
Give me a listen roll. Hard success, 31 under 68. This is the door, the door to the hallway? Uh, yeah, the door to the hallway between my the hallway and my room. Yeah. You hear a, what, it's almost like a hissing sound? It's low. It's it's not like a cat hiss. Right? Mm-hmm. So a cat hiss goes, is very sharp, goes up really fast. Yeah. <laughs> right. This is more of a, it's almost like background static. Okay. I very calm. I don't move my legs, but I look around on the floor. Okay. Um, so you have limited light at this point. Sure, sure. Um, you don't really see much of anything on the floor at this point. Okay. And I hear that sound, that hissing sound coming from inside the room? No, no, no. Outside. Outside. Okay. Miss O'Shea, what are you doing? I guess I'm going to uh, take my candle and my knife and uh, head out into the common room. Okay. At the far end of the common room with the um, the adjoining room to the, the... The adjoining door to the boys' room open, you can see Lawrence is moving around with his electric torch. It looks like he's rooting through his bags. Probably getting guns. Sigmund in the hallway... You hear the sound of feet pounding down the hallway. It starts as a really low thrum and kind of moves from left to right down the hallway. It's multiple people, heavy footsteps, moving very fast. Coming towards us, you mean? Yeah. All right, I face the direction that I think it's coming from, that I hear it coming from. I assume a ready stance as, you know, as much as I am able. Sure. And I very cal- I calm my nerves and uh, shout to Forsyth, we have company. I wait for them to come at me. Whoever it is, they're going to have to show themselves eventually. The way this is set up, there is a single door that goes to the, this common shared space that you have. There are also single doors to each one of the ho- hotel rooms that both Miss Lane and Miss O'Shea and then also the three gentlemen on, on the other side. So you have three doors, basically, in a row down that hallway. So, Sigmund, you are near that center one. And then, obviously, Miss O'Shea and Miss Lane, at this point, are the one on the right, visually, in your mind. And then uh, Mr. Forsyth would be closest to the one on the left. Because he's in his room, like, trying to get things prepared. Like, I can hear him currently. Yeah, I mean, I am i don't know if, like, Forsyth's going through the entire process of, like, actually loading, like, chambering rounds. But if he is, then that's obviously something you would hear. The footsteps keep coming. More of them. And more of them. It sounds like five people are outside your door. And then they stop. I'm going to pull out uh, my book in case. In case you want to beat somebody with a book? So you have candle, no. you have dagger, and you have book? What, what, like, did you grow a third arm? I'm just nope, I'm going to put the knife down or use it as a bookmark. Ooh, um, in case I need to call for help. I want my book. Sure. Okay. Uh, and Miss Lane, you're... I am coming back out to the uh, to the common room to back up uh, Doctor and Forsyth. Okay. You're all there. You're all set. That's what I'm worried about. 
<laughs> Mr. Forsyth, your uh, lantern is, or your electric torch is there. And so the, the room has a single, almost faded light in it. You can tell maybe, maybe you should have gotten fresh batteries. Maybe it got left on. Maybe. Mike, do I have time to get to one's, one side, um, to the open side of the doorway? Like, I want to be behind the door when it opens. You think you do, yeah. Okay, I give it a shot. I'll try to get over there. Okay. Why don't you all give me spot hidden rolls? Hard difficulty required. I made it, but only with a 64 under 70, so just a normal success. Oh, oh I way fail. 92 out of 72. Yeah, hard success, 34 out of 88. I got a hard success, 24 out of 57. So, Miss Lane and Mr. Forsyth see that from the far side, from the, we'll say, ladies' side of the hotel conjoined room, from their doorway that leads into their room, there seems to be a just the tiniest wisp of smoke or fog or something has crept into that doorway. From the outside hallway? Yep. Can we smell it? Like, does it smell like smoke or? Actually, you don't smell anything. Oh, that's not good. Is there any water or anything nearby? Right? We got water? Like for my cup or whatever? Yeah, there's a little bit. Okay, I I, I take the, my, the cloth from my ice pack, or from my ice that mm-hmm. I have. I pour the water all into it and I put it over my face. I put the candle I put down. Okay. Because I don't know what that is. Sure. Do I see her doing any of these things? Yeah. Well, you see her go a little crazy, maybe? You don't know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, wrapping something around her head. You no, know, I, I catch Sigmund's, you know, I, I catch his eye and I look, I, I nod my head back towards Maeve and my bedroom and to have him see the smoke that's coming in or whatever it is. Oh, okay. So. Um, you catch his eye, mm-hmm. and Sigmund, when you, your eyes meet hers, uh, and you see that she's kind of preparing herself, you're not sure for what, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she tries to direct your attention. Something grabs hold of you, like from behind your neck. You get flattened against the hotel room wall. Son of a bitch. And remember, everyone remember, it is very dark. Quite. You feel something grab your shoulder like latch onto it and then something grabs around your waist. I'd like to point out for those of you playing along at home that that's three somethings and usually that's one more something than a man has to grab someone else with so that's that's fantastic just want to let you guys know that tentacles. This has been a public service announcement <laughs> yeah and there's um there's no dodge roll for you because it's surprise. Oh yes, quite. Even even though you are technically prepared for it, it's still surprise. Does surprise. it not make any noise? It does not. Okay, so I can't make a listen sound. No, nope, you can't make. Well, you can hear him get flattened against the wall. Oh, okay. You feel like something is is pulling you apart, Doctor, or it's it's trying to, uh, and you take a point of damage. That sucks. If I turn, can I see anything? With the with the candle? Yeah. Uh, and him 20 or 30 feet away, you can only see faint uh, outlines given off a bit by Forsyth's torchlight. Okay. Uh, at the moment, it's it's 
because he hasn't reacted to it yet. He will in a second because we're going to go into rounds. But right. And I think, if memory serves correctly, Miss Lane still has the highest dexterity. She's fairly fast. Now you say I saw a smoke. Yeah, it's just like a hint of it at the moment. But it was going away from where the doctor was. Yeah, it's nowhere near where you are. Well, it that portion of it is nowhere near where you are. Miss Lane, roll um roll a single d10 for me, would you? I got a one. The reason I'm having you roll is because we have a tie on initiative. And so now that the surprise round is over, we're going to enter rounds. Unless somebody else has a higher dex than 90. Mr. Forsyth. Yeah. You are going to get grabbed. Because it also goes on 90. Mr. Forsyth, you're standing there and you're you're turned to look at across to where this smoke or steam or something is coming from their room, the ladies' room, mm-hmm. and you go to kind of get a better look at what's going on and then also hear what's happening to Sigmund, which is to your right, and you get pulled off your feet. Like ass over tea kettle get pulled. You take a point of damage. My yes. legs? Ooh. Yes. So you feel a force grab hold of your ankles and your knees and basically click them together and lift you off the ground. And so you fall directly onto your face. And the light goes spinning in different directions on the floor. Which gives a really great kaleidoscopic effect for a moment. Shadows and light and shadows and light. Do I see what grabbed me? You do not. All right, Miss Lane, it's your action. All right. So I got my candle. Maeve's got a candle that lights doing the kaleidoscope thing. Can we make out any mm-hmm. of the these invisible yeah. type? Unfortunately, the light is not substantial enough to to give it something we can actually focus on. And we're assuming the light, since the light out the street is off, then the lights, all the lights in the hotel are off as well. Other. Don't assume that, right? So the lights are off. Okay. In this room, the lights are off in your in your suites, and there are no lights outside right now. Not even adjoining buildings. Somebody's put a lot of work into this. So... Yes, it's me, your keeper. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Go on. How close is the doctor to me? Uh, He is across the common space, so probably about 30 feet. How close is Lawrence to me? He's probably 35 feet, give or take. He's about five or so feet. He was about five or so feet off of where the doctor was. The doctor moved a bit to get behind cover in case somebody came through the door. It made a lot of sense Mm -hmm. to you. And then everything has gone crazy since then. So I'm closer to my to our bedroom, to mine and Maeve's bedroom, than I am to... Absolutely. Okay. And is that smokes or whatever, that wispy stuff still in there? It seems to be coming from the hallway into your room, yes. Okay. There's nothing I can do to help the guys, because, well, I can't see what's getting them anyways. Um, I'd like to go to our bedroom, and I want to open the door. I want to I see where, what's coming. You want to open the door to the hallway? Yep. Okay, so candle in hand. I pick up the candle again. Yes, I, I had put it down. Um, and seeing as nobody else is passing out from or whatever, I take the the wet cloth off my face and. <laughs> okay, so maybe she passes you and heads towards the sweet door. Uh, you okay. have more than enough move to open it. Okay. And you open the door, and when you open the door, there's a complete darkness in the hallway. It almost consumes the light in the candle, although not actively. Hmm. And out in the hallway is this vaporous trail of fog 
that seems to roll down the hallway. And when it does, it responds to the door being open and falls into the room, almost as if a force has finally allowed it into the room. Does it push me or anything? It doesn't. It doesn't push you physically, but when you see this fog roll in, you're absolutely overcome with the terrifying feeling like you're going to suffocate. And you're going to roll sanity for me now. All right. I fail with 61 out of 46. You did. Very good. Very good. So, Miss Lane, you will lose six points of sanity. And I would like you to make me an intelligence roll, please. Okay. Got a 71 out of 75. Indeed. So, with a pass on your intelligence roll, because you lost more than five points of sanity, and because you succeeded on the intelligence roll, your brain processes this, this thing, this column, this almost cloud of, of fog and vapor that comes at you is not simply just another illusionary trick. You feel the weight not only of its presence, but you feel the weight that there is presence to give. This is not simply a magician's trick or someone who's been smoking too many cigars in the hallway. Whatever this thing is, it, it exists in some sort of in intellectual way. It has a presence to it. It has a purpose, and that breaks your mind. Does it remind me of the cloud from the ship? Uh, it actually reminds you of a bout of madness, which is what you're about to have. About a what? About a madness. Oh, sweet. So um, you're going to go off and do a little mental journey for yourself for just a moment. So what I'd like you to do for me, I'm going to send you something. It's a gift. <laughs> All right. So I believe the next on the dex chart is uh, Miss O'Shea. I am going to put my candle down, mm -hmm. pull my knife out, and etch into the floor, carpet, whatever, the warding symbol that um, I have seen in both the Noctic script and the people of the monolith, knowing that it's a warding symbol and hoping it works. So I'm going to draw it around me and then stand in it. Here comes the spellcasting. So that's going to be a power roll. We can just get that out of the way. Right. 50 out of 65. It had to come to this. You know that. It had to come to this. I was waiting. You gotta fight magic with magic, yo. That spell is gonna require you to make a hard power roll. So you'll either need to spend luck to make that a hard success, or you will need to push that power roll. How much luck would I have to spend? Two. So you would need to spend 18 bow or 18 luck. Okay. I will do that. Okay. We'll make it a hard success then. Uh, so yeah, you dive immediately to your knees and you take that ritual dagger art and you start carving into the beautiful hardwood floors of the Waldorf Astoria. Oh, we are not getting our deposit back. Who's we? So what I'm going to do for you, Miss O'Shea, is I'm going to send you, well, the details of what you're doing. Sweet. All right, so doctor, you're up next. Am I being held off the ground? You are. It's holding you by your, like, basically directly at the top of your shoulders, across your pectorals, 
Okay. It's holding you by your neck. Okay. And by your waist. Okay. Is my bag within reach or on the table nearby? It is not within reach. You would have to detangle myself. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with that then. Uh, I at least am still armed with my cane. So I will take a swipe at this sooty apparition that seems to be holding me so tightly. If it's holding me tightly, then there must be something solid enough to hit. And that's what I'm going for. Ideally. Okay. You know what? I'm going to spend the seven points of luck to make that a success. Okay. You swing, trying to connect with whatever it is that has a hold on you. Uh, and swing as you might, all you do is end up colliding with the wall. So it is not, okay, it is not, there's nothing solid enough to actually collide with. Fantastic. Uh, can I still breathe? You can, but your breath is shortening, actually. And you're going to end up taking two points of damage this round. Okay, that is not good. So I am basically slowly strangling. Well, I I attempt to maintain a level head so that I don't hyperventilate or struggle too much because it seems like there's going to be a moment or two before somebody can get to me. So I do my best to hold my breath and look around me for something useful to grab, like a, a, a source of light or figure out a way to get my bag. You can attempt to break free, but if you, but since you've acted, you're not given that opportunity now. Yeah, I'll wait till next round. Mr. Forsyth. How much of this have I seen while I was being dumped upside down? You actually haven't seen a lot other than, oh shit, the floor. Ow, oh, ow. That's about what you've seen. I still have gun in hand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Does this thing still have hold of my feet? Something has a hold of your feet for sure. And your knees. Can I see what it is that's got them? Uh, no, not in the, not in the lack of light that you have. What does it feel like? What What does it feel like? Yeah. It feels like, it almost feels like a, an anaconda that you saw in Panama. It feels like a, a ropey, strong piece of uh, snake that's wrapped around your legs. But there's just reaching down there. It doesn't feel like that at all. What, is, what does it feel like? It feels like cold air. I'm going to reach in my jacket pocket. I'm going to pull out my stone. Okay. What's it doing? You reach in your jacket pocket and you pull out your stone. And when you pull it out, it is ice cold. Like it hurts your hand to touch it. I'm going to try and see if I can pull whatever this is off my legs. Okay. So that is an opposed strength test. Now that, sir, is an extreme success. Two under 60. Yeah, you will pull it off. So you pull the part that is wrapped around your legs off. And you free your feet. Not in the same breath, but basically like a one-two punch almost. And you can finally get to your feet again. Out of the le your left eye, you see a candle burning in the lady's suite. And you see the form of Lillian and she's holding onto this candle with almost uh, like a, like she's grabbing the hilt of a knife 
and her face has changed into this almost wicked grin. And then we go back to the top of the round. Lillian, as it has become clear to you now in these moments, this is this thing is here for you, as really everyone is. I mean, as they should be. Right. It is. It's going to attempt to latch onto you. I start yelling at it manically, like, "Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am?" Is trying to like and also swing my arm to like you know get it away from me. You can't have me. You can't have me. Several almost tendril pieces of this cloud come apart and try to latch onto your face and to your body to wrap you up, but they don't seem to be able to latch hold you. That's good. Um, am I able to try to dodge or anything? I mean, there's no necessity for dodge because it didn't actually connect on its attacks. So. Yeah, I'm like gripping the candles tight as I can and just screaming at this at this vapor, which I'm obviously not going to scream into the mic. Just imagine it at home. And I'm swinging the, the candle at this vapor and yelling at it to, you know, you, you don't know what I can do to you. You know, I, you know, you don't know who my family is. And so on and so forth. Very good. Very good. You spend a bit of time reminding this fog who you are. <laughs> Miss O'Shea, you're still busy carving, but you're fairly certain that this will do the trick. At least that's what all the books say. Doctor. Yeah? You'd like to attempt to free yourself? I do attempt to free myself. Yes, right. please. I would like a strength roll, sir. Strength roll. It is opposed. All right. 37 under 55. So I do succeed. I, you know... See, the thing about that is, is it's at these points in our story where the hand of fate is going to work against you. You're going to hand of fate me. Oh, and I'm going to give you disadvantage on that roll and force you to roll it again. (sighs) All right. Okay. Hand of fate it is. Thank you. Hand of fate. Hard success. Twenty two hundred fifty five. What? What? Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) It is uh, still contested, however. I know. Can I keep the hard success since I rolled it? <laughs> sure, absolutely. Sweet. You free yourself. Fantastic. Which is good. Yeah. And uh, can I still take a move? It is your entire uh, physical action to do so, but I will give you half your movement rate. So if you want to move a bit off, you can. I do. I want to move away from it and preferably like over or around the table that I was sitting at so that my bag is nearby and such. And, okay. And yeah, kind of hunker down a little bit so I'm less of a target. Because okay. just in case somebody decides to open up with some sort of gun or something, uh, I'm not saying it could happen, but you know, I don't want unfortunate things to happen. Speaking of guns, Mr. Forsyth, it's your action. I still have hold of this thing, right? Uh, no, actually, you don't. Um, it is... You're not able to actually get a hold of it. So, like, as soon as I pulled it away from me, it just kind of, like, dissipated? Yeah, it dissipates into vapor. I see it's attacking Lillian. Yes. I'm going to yank her away from it. Okay, you'll have to move all the way over there. Yep. I'm going to thrust her behind me. Okay, so... 
Miss Lane, he is going to attempt to um, basically interdict himself between you and this uh, fog of smoke. What does he think he's doing? I don't know. I, I think maybe you should fighting brawl to yeah. remind him. And I'm already swinging a candle, so I, you know, <laughs> he's going to get himself burned. Well, I fail that. 32 out of 25. You're going to push that roll. Okay. I get a success. 18 out of 25. Mr. Forsyth, you go to interdict yourself, and she not only gets in your way, but she fights back. Um, she dumps hot wax on you. Mr. Forsyth, what do you think you're doing? I'm trying to do this. Do you, do you not understand? Don't you get it? Don't you get it? Why do people always try to hold me back? I am... And I'm like swinging at the, <laughs> the candle. Look what you made me do. I'm going to push her away. <laughs> okay, that's fighting brawl. We all knew this was coming. Yes. <laughs> okay. Success, 46 under 64. Okay. I, I guess it's fair to allow you to dodge, Lillian. Okay. If you'd like. <laughs> I failed that with a 78 out of 45. You get pushed. So since it's a brawl roll, you, you, you got, if you're, if you're upset enough to push her. It's basically the one arm swipe to get her the hell away from me. And, but sure. put distance between her and it. Okay. So you're there in front of this. Yep. Cloud, whatever it is. And you turn to it there in its entirety as this cloud, more of it pours into the room. Let's see, Forsyth's last sentence action, so it will go now. Mr. Forsyth, your mouth fills with fog. Oh, Jesus. As multiple tendrils force their way down your throat and into your nose and try to suffocate you. So, if you'd like to make a dodge roll, you can. The creature is around. You have seen it physically, so it can't technically surprise you anymore. Yeah. I am going to fail that roll. 40 over 27. Okay. You begin to choke. You can feel the pulse of your body from the lack of air as this thing continues to hold on. I'm trying my best to grab it. It's when you reach out for the cloud, you reach out for these tentacles that have pressed themselves into your orifices as it's now invading your tear ducts and your ears. You realize that there is something to this. It is not simply just a random cloud of smoke. It is something far, far beyond that. And it breaks your brain. You gotta make a sand roll. 41 over 40. Okay, lose 7 points of sanity. Ooh, yay. And then you make me an intelligence test. And I fail that, 60 over 55. So, no bout of madness. But you are now overcome with the idea that an, an entity is entering your body. I'll leave you there for a second. So... Simone, you've crept down into the, the hold of the ship again. Yep. Dark, dank, and filled with boxes. You know what? Since I'm here, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go take a gander at our favorite shipment and and take it in again. Okay. Other than the, the things that are I'm assuming it's pretty much as we left it. 
Yeah, I mean, some things have been shifted around a little bit, but it's definitely... So I'm wondering if there is anything down here, like, I don't know if they have, like, hand trucks or dollies or things to, to move stuff around down here. But what I'm looking for is either something to move items around with down here or well, and maybe like a a barrel or a crate that I don't know. I'm going to look I'm going to look around this place and see what I can see. I'm going to look for a crate that would be big enough to contain I don't know, like a large human male. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously the pharaoh one is large enough for that. There's probably a couple others here. Well, ex- excluding the things in that shipment, like this needs to be separate from <laughs> from the packages that we need to be moving. Yeah, uh, there's probably we'll say four shipment packages that could hide or carry a human-sized body. Okay, I'm gonna inspect the boxes and see which ones I can open, which ones I can get access to. If I don't know what's in any of them, or if there's any vacant spaces inside. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up a couple of these boxes and see whether any of them are easily emptied. Yeah, I mean, there's some pottery in this one you could probably move around a little bit. Uh, it seems to be sorted, but uh, but yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. You could probably fit if you needed to. Well, it's not necessarily for me. Uh, I'm wondering... It wouldn't figure. Right. So if this one works, then I'll begin moving things around to make space. Pottery sounds really loud. <laughs> so I'm wondering if there's anything quieter than pottery. If it's, gonna, if it's gotta be the pottery, it's, I'll do the pottery. I just don't know what other options I have. Yeah, your best bet right now is moving this pottery. Okay. Because they're not small pieces per se, they're actually larger pieces. So there's less there's less chance for it to clink. Sure. Alright, I will, I will stow what I can and empty the rest um, nearby. Preferably in a place where they won't like fall over at the nearest jostle of the ship. And I will take a moment to review my work, consider the pathway from like this crate to you know, the entrance of the hold. And then I'm going to go listen in on the, uh, the drunkards again. See how they're, see how they're doing. They seem to be about the same. All right. Does it sound like the, the wanderer has, the rover is, is roving again? Oh yeah. Uh, you can definitely hear him walking on the deck. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit more time. If it sounds like they're still going, mm-hmm. I am going to take the time to get, into costume. Okay, which costume would you like to don this evening? I'm going to get my beard out and I will take out my hand mirror and begin applying my makeup. Um, if I need to find a corner and use my um, torch to kind of light my face so that I can work, like tuck it into my knees so that I can work, then I will. Uh, but yeah, I'll take the time to apply my captain's costume. Ah, okay. Why don't you give me a disguise roll, sir? That is a hard success, level out of 45. You know, if you didn't know it any better, you'd say you were Norwegian. Hmm. Stow all my stuff. Uh, I don't know how long it takes to do all that. I'm assuming it takes a little while. How many are down here? Four or three? Three plus the captain? Three plus the captain. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit longer, and then I'm going to go down to the hold... In the best version of broken English that I can replicate, I'll try to mimic the voice of the the, the sentry that came down. I think I can do this, right? Isn't this a isn't like throw voice a thing I can do? Yeah, I feel like that's a thing I can do. Oh my god! It, it, it is. 
Let's do that. Your pulp talent allows for it. I will yell, Captain, you got to see this from the the hold. Okay. In hopes of drawing the captain out to the hold. You hear the conversation change tonally upstairs in the galley. And then you hear footsteps slowly, a little heavier footsteps, slowly start to move towards the hold. Uh, what's, what's that? Captain, down here. All right, all right. What's going on? Yeah, you hear another couple of footsteps come closer and closer. Is it, is it just the captain? Uh, it appears so, yeah. As he approaches, mm-hmm. um, I will, I will say, uh, someone's been down here, and I'll, I'll try to draw him a little bit deeper into the cargo, like into where things are kind of where I've been like playing with these things, moving stuff around. Give me an acting roll. Sure. It's a thirty-two out of fifty-five. So that's a success, right? It is. He comes closer. You see him uh, turn right at one of the holds. Uh, not corners per se, but when it goes a little bit into the wider protection of the ship and he puts himself in a pretty terrible position. And as he loses balance, I will I'll lunge at him from behind and I will use one hand to restrain his upper body and the other one is going to clamp a chloroform rag over his face. Fighting brawl, sir. Yep. And you are at advantage. I will take the extreme success to pull out of 70. Okay. Uh, you wrap him up just in a very, very easy grasp and he struggles for a moment Uh, and of course during the struggle begins rapidly inhaling Mm -hmm. this concoction I help him breathe make me a strength roll I'm going to make him a Mr. Torvald to make him a con roll that's a terrible con roll oh Jesus you're going to lose your grip on him with with an 89 over 55 for your strength roll so when I feel him slipping, I can't afford to let him draw alarm. So I am going to push my brawl by... <laughs> I'm going to chop him in the windpipe. Okay. And hope that I don't kill him. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, the 36 out of 55. Right. Between the windpipe stuff and the choking on from you know formaldehyde and the previous bottles of alcohol drinking he tumble, he doubles over and gently into the box I whisper a sweet apology to him <laughs> um, as I lean him into the box and I will remove I will relieve him of any major elements of clothing that he was wearing that I might need naked Norwegian man down here I don't know how naked he needs to be if he has like an overcoat or anything he does okay. he has a hat mm, yes thank you that's a nice hat. Well, it's not a nice hat, but it's a it's a captain's hat. Shake it out a bit. I will ease him into the crate. And this is where I'm going to ease us out of this episode. <laughs> so I will leave you in the hold of the Ivory Wind, and we will leave our crew of investigators at the uh, at the hotel in a bit of well, in a bit of a tangle with something that's a little hard to touch. So hopefully. You've all enjoyed this episode of Masks from Off the Tip, and we will see you next time.